Coming live from California is our guest tonight. Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts either through their industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And before I move forward, may I request you to subscribe, follow, like, and comment on whichever platform you are watching or listening to this show on. And today we'll be learning a lot of things from teen author, science, science fiction writer, uh, Shanti Harshenson. Uh, welcome so to the show, Shanti. Thank you so much for having me. Welcome. Welcome. So, Shanti, 14 years, 17 books, 11 already published. How do you manage to do what you do? Honestly, I credit to um, being able to write every single day. That's what's just worked for me. So what I do is I write, it's usually a thousand words every day. And um, after a few months or now um, two years, it really does build up into a lot of words. There are um, a lot of days in which I do write more, especially over the summer. So that's where the majority of my books are completed because I can do like 3,000, 4,000 words a day. Um, usually my average over the summer is 2,000. But I've kind of developed this routine and I have a ton of motivation too, so that really helps. But I've really developed this routine that's allowed me to be able to write um, every day and then write a bunch of books. Cool. <laughs> cool. Carry on, carry on. Um, so, yeah. Sorry, my cat. Um, but yeah, that's how I think I've really been able to do it. It also helps to write down a ton of ideas um because sorry um i write down every single idea i have um relating to my writing and then as soon as i finish a book i can go and start another you started writing at the age of six i did um i didn't start publishing until i was 12 but i've written so many stories beforehand that a lot of them i feel like i could end up turning into an actual book um, the first story I ever wrote, I was six years old, and it was called The Cat and the Love, because those were the only words I could spell. And it was honestly very, very um, bad. But it was it had some plot elements to it that I feel like I could put into another book at some point. Um, but yeah, over the years, I continued to write a bunch of short stories. And then that really progressed into writing novels when the time came. Right, right. Uh, Shanti, we are having this discussion with you at a very special time in, you know, human humanity's journey uh, forward. The web telescope has brought in some great pictures and you, and you write a lot about science fiction. And I would like to understand from you. First, let's uh, see this picture and what do you see and what, what did you make it? Make feel make you feel when you saw this picture first. So as a science fic fiction writer, as soon as I saw all those photos, I thought of like a story. I mean, my thought always is that there are so many galaxies in our universe that there's no way we're the only ones here. And honestly, aliens are some of my favorite things to write about because as a kid, I used to be really scared of aliens. I don't know why, but just, you know, the little green men, like the drawings and the way they were presented. I was terrified of that. I don't know why. And I don't really think that aliens, if they exist, are probably little green men. But I do think that there's probably life out there. 
And um, the aliens I actually I wrote about in Biomlock are very similar to us humans, and they look very similar to us humans, except they have like I think it's sharp teeth and they're very tall. And if you look them in the eye, you'll get sick. Um, but I, I think the prospect of just how big our universe is, and it's also very beautiful. Um, there's definitely life out there, and there's probably aliens. And um, I kind of feel bad for them because if we ever make contact with aliens, then they're gonna find um, all these movies and books we've made about us fighting them. But you know, I'm kind of guilty. So. <laughs> okay. Okay, Shanti. So talking about you know, uh, I'll come to your name later on because it means a lot in India. And uh, before the show, you just tell, were telling me this story, so you share with the audience. But talking about one of your books, excerpt from Bromlock, and talking about humanity and the science fiction that you write, you, that's your character, there it says, you always think about the end of the world as some cool thing from books or movies. But then when the apocalypse actually happens, you regret ever wanting it. What, how do you see these lines in the present scenario, you know, climate change and web telescope telling us you know how small we are in front of the universe but the only thing that brings uh, that actually important brings importance to us is the humanity itself how do you see these lines you know because a lot of people keep on doing what they want to do and they think that you know the end of the world is something very cool but it is not how do you see all this so that line i believe comes very specific to um a moment in which, um, like, I don't remember the context of it exactly, but there were a lot of classmates being like, oh my gosh, going to war would be so cool. We should go have World War III. And it really bothered me because I was like, okay, if we ever have World War III, that's going to kill us all. So that's not happening. That shouldn't happen. So that's where I kind of thought about that line because there's sort of excitement from like movies about, oh, the end of the world, apocalypse, you know, and I mean, in reality, all those people that in, in the Biomlock book were all excited about that then went and experienced an alien invasion, which is basically the end of the world. And our country, the world, we lost. And that was what happened. And now as a result, they're all being like, why did I want this? Why did I get all hyped up about this? That's kind of, I think, okay. what the line means. Okay. Okay. So, Shanti, tell me one thing. You are very young. You have a long, long life to go. And already you have achieved quite, you know, a number of books till now. Now, as a youngster, you also have a very normal life. You spend time with your family. You are also on TikTok and, you know, other social, maybe media channels. Now, how do you look at humanity progressing from two points of view, as a as humanity itself, you know, as normal human beings who have who want to live their life, but with so much of problems like you know climate change, then discord, and with threats of fear of recession and all those problems at the same time, and the fear of war, mm -hmm. you know, famines and so many things happening. How do you see living in a world like this? So what I see is like we live in um, a really problematic world right now. There's a lot going on and it's a lot that's like very, very stressful. However, I feel like my generation is the generation to change that because like other 
generations aren't doing it. And I think that um, we as teenagers have to try to change that either when we're young or when we're older, because, you know, there's definitely a ton of problems, but they don't have to stay. Like we can do things to solve them 100%. Okay. And whatever you want to do, you want to do through your writing. I like writing about themes that bother me and put messages in there. Not necessarily like, you should believe this, you should believe that. But like, you know, just, I like writing about problems. So I like writing about bullying. That's one thing that I'm passionate about. And I write how it's wrong because there are some things that are inherently wrong and bullying is one of them, I believe. So I wrote, yeah. I write a lot about like bullying yeah. and how to honestly, how to stop it. That's one thing I'm passionate about. Um, I really want to get into activism for like women's rights and um, protest gun violence and things like that. But I haven't yeah. gotten to that yet almost. Yeah. In fact, I was, I, I was supposed to ask you a bit later, but since you mentioned the bullying part, you see, you talk about, about bullying quite a bit. And you know, in the backdrop, the shootings that happened just, you know, less than 24 hours back, in the US recent, a lot of shootings that have happened earlier on had were involving teenagers, not so grown ups. And how do you think in this bullying thing impacts a lot of people, especially in the US and who find uh, a gun in their hand and take records to violent means? How do you see this whole stuff? Can you explain it in better manner for people in India? So in the U.S., we have a problem, and this is I'm about what I'm about to say is really kind of controversial to a lot of people, but we don't have enough laws on guns. So an 18-year-old can go to Walmart and buy a gun, and then that kid can go and take it to their school and kill people, and that's what happens quite a bit in our country. So, um, and there's a bit of a correlation to bullying with it i'm not sure how much the common thought is if a kid gets bullied that's how the kid's going to retaliate but in reality it's not in reality it's usually bully that's going and doing that um that's what people don't understand and so they kind of try to put it on victims of bullying and be like oh the kid was bullied but i've been bullied i know a ton of people who have been bullied and none of them have ever committed a violent act because of it so it's usually the bullies that do that but that problem, I think, is a little bigger than bullying. It's like it's different. It's not exactly related. However, there's some relation to it. It kind of depends. But that's yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, a lot of uh, young uh, teenagers, youngsters, have to uh, go through this this uh, bullying stuff in school, especially in school. Uh, what advice would you give to other teenagers? You are a young teenager yourself, and uh, I shouldn't expect a lot of advice from you, but since you have uh, achieved quite a bit and you write quite a bit and you have a, a good head on your uh, shoulders, uh, can you, what advice would you give to other teenagers who have been bullied? So I have um, a lot. First off, find a way to get yourself out of the situation. What I've found very commonly is the bully isn't it can be but very often it's also someone who you know somehow it's not some random kid in the hallway whom you've like literally never spoken to otherwise i mean it might be uh, 
but find ways to get yourself out of the situation. That's first. For me, um, the very, very bad bully was actually a friend of mine or they, you know, they kind of pretended to be my friend. And what I wish I would have done is as soon as I started getting really uncomfortable with what they were doing, I could have like kind of distanced myself. I tried, but I had to try a little harder. So, you know, if that means like stop sitting with them after school, find new kids to sit with at lunch, do that. And the next thing you must do, if they're making you uncomfortable, if they're hurting you, tell someone. Well, whether it's in a, it, ha- it should be, you know, an adult, maybe an older sibling, um, even a friend, but make sure that friend isn't going to like, that's friend someone you can trust. So that's why I say like maybe someone that's older that doesn't really know that person. So, you know, like, for example, like an older sibling, a coach, an aunt and uncle, a grandparent, a cousin, anything like that. Um, Tell them, tell them about it. Tell them what's going on and tell your parents too. I mean, if you're like not comfortable doing that, I totally understand. And then next, get their advice, but also tell a teacher, find a teacher, someone at your school who you can confide in it. There should be someone, there are some schools where I feel like there isn't, but find someone you can confide in and tell them. And if it gets worse, tell the school administration and get them to do something, try to get them to do so. And if they don't, keep meeting with them. Don't let them like sweep it under the rug. Okay. 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 Shanti, now... Coming back to the humanity part itself, from bullying back to the humanity part now. Uh, as a science fiction writer, you have a great imaginative mind. And that's what, you know, people try to uh, understand what exactly is the extent of the universe. The Now the new, new universe, unknown universe pictures have come in. So how do you see when... A person like Elon Musk says that humans should be, you know, a multi-planetary species. And in, in some sense, he has a lot of, you know, ground to say that because anything can happen to our single one lonely planet anytime and we will be wiped out. So how do you see that? Do you see this possibility? Maybe not, not in my lifetime, but maybe in yours when humans could be you know, staying in Mars and and maybe some other planet. How do you see this prospect? Do you see this happening at all? I do. So it's weird. I sort of see this happening. I think it would be so cool. But I also worry that you know, colonizing another planet. It's like it's not something I feel like we can do immediately. Maybe in like 20, 30 years. However, maybe we should also try to fix this planet so we have a sort of backup plan if we really want to go to Mars. And so that we don't send basically everyone to Mars. I mean, it would be a really good plot of the book if like all the able people went to Mars because then we just leave a bunch of people who didn't want to go and that might cause a bit of anarchy. So um, I think that we should do it, but we really have to think about it because then if what if we like all go to Mars and it really doesn't work out, but we have a planet here and maybe we could try to like fix our planet and fix climate change and reduce um like i'm forgetting the word sorry like and you know reduce like kind of climate change and reduce our kind of waste instead however i really want to see that happen though because i kind of want to know what other planets look like and i want to know what it's like to like walk on one and isn't that i mean not that we ever colonize the moon but i feel like the gravity is weird on the moon it's like a trampoline and i just think that would be super fun so 
there's that. Okay. And, and if there is a chance, uh, then would you opt to go and settle in Mars or Moon or wherever is possible? Is possible? If there's Wi-Fi, yeah. <laughs> you you may. I think so. Yeah, it would be fun. Okay, without uh, yeah, with, without without uh, first first ensuring that there are no aliens out there. Yeah, I feel like if there was internet and I could still write and still have access to like the publishing and like books and stuff, because is there Amazon on Mars? Would would we establish all of our so maybe I wouldn't go immediately until it's established so I can keep up my career, but that would be fun. Right, right. Now coming to the publishing part, uh, uh, Shanti, that at a young age, you have got several books published. How did this, you know, uh, journey start? Now, when your first book must have come up, uh, that time ebooks and other sort of publishing was not that famous but now it is the norm that one can get their book published and they can be their self-publishers now how do you see this new change uh, for ebooks and all that stuff is it helping creativity or is it is it like everybody is becoming a writer and there is like very difficult to determine who is a good writer and who's a bad writer how do you see that I think that self-publishing, um, I do self-publish, it makes the market harder because there are a lot more authors now. However, it doesn't necessarily make things less, I don't know, credible. It's more like it's hard to get your work out there and it's harder to push a good book. There are a lot of um, less good books out there, like they're self-published. However, there are some really amazing self-published books and there are some really bad, like traditionally published books. So it's kind of more even, you just have to work harder to promote your book. Um, honestly, I see ebooks as a huge advancement, mainly because like the majority of my sales are actually an ebook because a lot of people do get ebooks now and a lot of people have Kindles. And Kindles are actually, it's like ebooks are, I think, good because they're also good for the environment. I honestly prefer paperbacks, so I'm kind of guilty, but uh, I do think that ebooks are really um, much better for the environment. Right, right. Uh, so, Shanti, tell, uh, tell for uh, our young audience. Uh, what would you, what tips can you share with them for, you know, uh, for young writers who are looking at, uh, you know, writing well and making some money out of it? So as I said in the beginning, my biggest tip is to find a routine and write the same amount every single day. You just, you need to be writing every day. And I feel like having a certain word count that you at least want to do every day. So it's like at least a thousand words every day is mine. Um, over the summer, it's actually 2,000. If you want to write over, that's good. If you only want to write 1,000, that's good. But it's giving you this sort of routine. And it's giving you like kind of a goal. And once you set a goal, if you keep doing it for a certain amount of time, then it's like a habit and it's harder to break. Um, that's really what's worked for me. Um, my other tip is to probably come up with like, I don't want to say like, because some people like to outline their books and some people just don't. Um, so whether or not you want to get a whole outline, but if you don't outline as much, still try to come up with some core scenes that you want to write throughout the story. Maybe just one exciting thing towards the end, because then you have to write to the, write the rest of the story to get to it. And if you're really excited about the one scene, you're going to want to keep writing to get to it. So actually, fun fact, yesterday, I just wrote that scene I've been really excited about. I literally wrote 5,000 words yesterday to get to it. So, um, that's kind of, yeah. Okay. Okay, Shanti. 
So, uh, suppose from a layman's perspective, how does one go about publishing a book? If, if it's somebody in a small village and he knows how to write, but doesn't know how to go through this process. So, can you quickly explain that for our audience? How does one go about uh, publishing a book? So there are two main ways to publish a book. There's self-publishing and there's traditional publishing. Traditional publishing is in many ways harder. However, self-publishing is incredibly hard. It's harder to get your book published if you traditionally publish, and it might take a longer time. Self-publishing is really hard because you have to do everything yourself. Um, so I don't know. I can't really speak much on traditional publishing because for now I self-publish because I really want to get that learning experience of being able to act basically as the publisher and to do all my own marketing and just kind of learn how it works. But once I'm 16, I think I'm going to traditionally publish. And how you usually do that is you write a query letter about your book and you send it to an agent. And then the agent finds you a publisher and tries to negotiate in advance. It's very difficult to both get an agent and get published. Um, I haven't actually queried yet. I've been thinking about it, but I want to wait until I'm a little older just so people take me seriously. And then I'll have this huge platform and it'll be much easier to do it. So for now, I'm self-publishing. And how to do that is, well, there are a bunch of different ways to do that. Um, what I use is I self-publish with Kindle Direct Publishing. It's owned by Amazon, so the book distributes to Amazon um, in both ebook, paperback, and now hardcover. Um, the paperbacks actually distribute to other places. So you can find your book on a ton of different other websites if you check expanded distribution, um, which is what I do. So with KDP, you make an account, and you have to fill out this digital form it's really really easy you like you enter the title of your book the description you pick the categories then you update and preview the files um then you like pick the pricing and all and then you submit your book and about 24 hours later it's on amazon and the i gotta say the paperbacks from amazon they look really good um it does help to have an amazing cover and the ebooks are really great too you just have to you know you have to format it you have to format them correctly uh but there are softwares there's a bunch of software to format your books. That's what I do because I like having really pretty books. You use Kindle Create? Um, I've used it before actually to um, format my books. Usually I use Vellum. Kindle Create is like basically like standard. It's really nice. Um, yeah, I have to check it out again. Like, okay. it'll be a lot okay. cheaper than mine. Okay. So would you advise only, uh, you know, to young publishers only to go for uh, just uh, Kindle publishing or uh, Kindle Direct, and or also go for platforms like you know Draft to Digital, Smashwords. I I, um, I use Draft to Digital to um, expand my books. If I want to make a book, in, in, if I want to make an ebook free, I use Dash, Dash, Draft to Digital for all the other ones. And I actually use Ingram Spark for the hardcovers, but like KDP is the main one. Um, I would recommend for someone that's young. If they want to traditionally publish, honestly, go for it. Like, it's possible. It's really possible. Like, anything's possible. It could happen. I was originally going to traditionally publish. Um, but if you're young, if you want to kind of, if you don't want to, like, spend, like, kind of years querying, um, try to self-publish and build a platform and then go to a traditional publisher. That's what I recommend. However, honestly, it's more of, like, a personal preference. And there are pros and cons about both different kinds of publishing. So you have to really assess um, your long-term goals and what you want to see happen um, in order to pick. Right, right. Now coming to the marketing part, uh, Shanti, because that's because you are self-publishing. It's an ebook, 
And so you've got to do the hard work of marketing. Uh, how does Wanda do good marketing for the books? In your case, I, I understand you got 30,000 followers on TikTok and you use that to yeah. good, great effect for marketing your public, uh, your books. Yeah. So in order to be able to um, like market your book successfully, you need to do a lot of things. Um, most importantly, you really need to um, have a big social media presence or you need to grow your social media presence. That's the easiest way to build a platform and keep it. Because, you know, if you publish a book and get some readers on that book, there's no guarantee that they're going to go to the next book. But if you make it, if you make an account on TikTok, Instagram, and you get some followers, and then those followers go buy your book, they're going to stay and they're going to get the updates and everything. So it's really super important to build a platform. Um, so like, so social media, but it's only really one part of it. And of course, you can run social media ads. Another thing I do is these newsletter promotions. And like, I discount my books and I put them on sale. It really helps to get some more reviews and just get the book out there into people's hands. I really don't make much from those. However, um, right now it's more about getting the readers than like getting money. However, I do make some money, so that's good. Um, but if you can get like your book in the hands of readers, it's really, really incredible. And it allows you to, again, grow your platform on multiple like places. Um, my other tip is podcasts interviews, everything like that. You should do them. They're really fun too, if I do say so myself. Um, so get your voice out there in any way you can. If you're a teenager, or even an adult, contact your local news station. It's super helpful and it gets you like local coverage. So local coverage, like global coverage, everything like that is also super important. The other thing is, this is my other marketing part, physical appearances, like IRL appearances. So like book signings, I just did one. I've done two actually. Um, I'm going to go to like a book fair and I'm going to have a booth there, kind of get, get out there, get, be able to meet people. And in doing so, again, you can get more readers and you can also make friends. Right. Right. So TikTok, how do you refrain yourself just to, you know, pass time just like any other teenager or using it usefully? Are you only on TikTok or any other platform? I'm on um, all platforms. I'm on like Actually, most platforms, not all. I'm on like Instagram, Twitter. However, Instagram used to be my main platform, actually, when I was writing my first book. However, right now, it's really just TikTok. I do post on Instagram, actually. Um, like TikTok, honestly, I do get caught scrolling on TikTok a lot. But I don't do it nearly as much as one would think. So um, whenever I find myself scrolling on TikTok, I try to be like, okay, we're going to write now. Or I'll look at the clock and I'll see if it's like, Kind of. So if it's like, say it's like 3.20 in the afternoon, I'll be like, okay, you can, you can scroll on TikTok until 3.30, then you have to write. Or, um, and I just do that. It really does work. Um, I'm pretty good at yelling at myself. So, <laughs> um, But with TikTok, I do find that most of my time spent on it is productive. Usually because if I don't make a video, I get kind of nervous. And I'm like, well, I should make one. You know, and um, having a lot of followers does help because then I just feel pressured to make videos. Um, yesterday, I spent the longest time ever making a video in which I spent about three hours on a TikTok. It was like, it's literally the best TikTok I've ever made. But it took me three hours to do and a whole lot of editing. Um, and somehow I still managed to write like a lot. I had a really productive day yesterday, in case you can't tell. So at the, at the cost of repeating myself, asking the same question, Shanti, how do you manage all these things where 
to balance school and writing and all that stuff or promoting marketing how do you do that i find time for each thing um what i do is i don't even really try to come up with a schedule i just see it's like okay i'm gonna do this for like 30 minutes or i'm gonna complete this then i'm gonna write a thousand words then i'm gonna complete this assignment and this assignment and then maybe another thousand words and then i'm done um that's really just what works is instead of a schedule and like i'm gonna do this for a certain amount of time say i'm gonna complete this then i'm gonna complete this then i'm gonna complete this that's really um what works for me yesterday um it's like i got up i and i wrote a thousand words because um i was worried i wasn't gonna, gonna get to write enough because i had kind of a chaotic day i thought i was going to so i went i go i woke up and i took my computer downstairs and i wrote a thousand words and then we left for breakfast and when i came back i wrote and we came back like two hours later and then i wrote another thousand words and i was like okay i'm done for the day but i don't really want to be done for the day so later in the day i wrote another thousand words and then actually at night at like 10 o'clock at night or something i wrote two thousand more and i managed right. to do five thousand right right and what you want to be a writer in future full-time writer or you're looking to do some sort of activism and anti-bullying some organization or something definitely both um my main thing is i do want to be like an author when i grow up however i want to do other things in writing too so like screenwriting would be cool maybe journalism um and also um maybe being like a, either an english or just a creative writing professor would be really cool probably just creative writing because um i don't know how good of an english teacher i'd be <laughs> um the books i'd probably assign would just be probably my favorite books and um i don't know how much like learning could be gotten out of that so i think um maybe a creative writing professor and I could teach writing. Um, definitely college is the age I want to teach because all the people that are taking the class genuinely want to do it. And they're not really just forced to do it usually um, because that's what they're passionate about. So I think being a creative writing teacher um, would be so cool. And yeah, I have like a lot of other things, but they're all like related to writing. So great, great. All the best in whatever you, you know, want to do Thank all you. the best from, from me and my team. Thank you very much for coming in. With this, with this is a wrap on this edition of the KJ Masterclass Live. Thank you so much.